0: At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as requir- as the law required Simeon was there He took the child in his arms and praised God saying Sovereign Lord now let your servant die in peace as you have promised I have seen your salvation which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel, from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night worshipping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favour was on him. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Right. Lord, we thank you for those incredible insights into what happened when you were so tiny, helpless, and yet recognized as Lord from your birth, as Saviour. We thank you for the love of Mary and Joseph and for the adoration of those elderly people who had been waiting upon you and listening and looking for your coming. Help us to be alert to all that you have to show us today and in the year ahead we pray. Amen. I can't think of any greater hope or desire for a new year than to live in God's light and to die in God's peace. If our time comes to die this year we want to feel a sense of thankfulness, a sense of I've done everything that I have been asked to do that God wants me to do and I want to feel that I'm in a place where I can be at peace with my Lord and with one another. That was true for Simeon. It was something that was extraordinarily revealed to him, that he had been shown by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he'd seen the Lord's Christ, the Messiah. And yet, he was able to contain that hope and to maintain that faith Every day when nothing in the temple happened and no one came that he could recognize. It's an extraordinary thing to be given a word so clear that he would hold on to it with all his heart. So here come Mary and Joseph with their new baby to the temple in Jerusalem just eight days after Jesus was born. We read in Luke's Gospel there, at that time there was a man living in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. And notice how all the way through this reading, it's, uh, yes, about Simeon and then it's about Anna, but really it's about the way the Holy Spirit was at work in their lives. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So this was something that God had made very clear to him. The Spirit led him to the temple. He was taken there or under the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the law, to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He was in the right place because he'd been conscious of the leading of the Holy Spirit and the revelation of God's Spirit. And he took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord. It's a great word to use of God, isn't it? Sovereign Lord, because you are the one who contains the whole of history, who hold that sovereignty of everything that happens. Now let your servant die in peace. As one translation has it, or depart in peace. As you have promised. For I have seen your salvation. Jesus, known as the Savior. In Jesus is seen that salvation as in nowhere else. That you have prepared for all people. It's not just for the people of Israel. It's for everyone. He is a light to reveal God to the nations and he is the glory of your people, Israel. In other words, he fulfilled the promises of old and he looks to the new things that God is going to do in people's lives. The Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit was upon him and he'd been blessed in a way that was quite extraordinary. Simeon was living in the light and walking in the light of God's word. There was also a woman there, a very elderly woman, aged 84, she'd been a widow for many, many years, most of her life, called Anna. And Anna it was, who never left the temple. She had made it her home. Stayed there day and night, worshipping God, with fasting and prayer. That's quite a vocation, to be in a place where she might be just focused, totally caught up in the wonder of God's presence. And as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. She began to speak of what she had begun to realize in her own heart. She didn't keep it to herself. She was living in a relationship of prayer, of praise, of devotion, of contemplation, but also of declaration. The excitement, the awe of what God was doing was stirring other people. They no doubt will have been caught up in something of that incredible wonder of God being among them. So both these elderly people were soaked in scripture. They were aware of the promises of God in the past. And they were full of faith that those promises would become a reality. And totally aware of the truth of Deuteronomy 8 verse 3 that people shall not live on bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. those words remind us that we ourselves come alive as we can hear and inwardly digest everything that comes from God himself. And that happens not only through the scriptures as we meditate and read on the scriptures, but also as God sometimes intervenes in our lives and uh, does things which quite shock us totally unexpectedly, you might know the account of uh, St. Augustine in his book, The Confessions. He tells of how a distraught con- in a distraught condition, he, quote, heard from a neighboring house a voice, as of a boy or a girl, I know not, he says, chanting and off-repeating, take up and read, take up and read. He could remember no child's game with these words, in tears He says, I arose, interpreting it to be no other than a command from God to open the book and read the first chapter I should find. And he opened to verses that addressed his exact condition in Romans 13, 13 to 14. Words that spoke of a way in which God can completely transform a person's life when they leave the old life behind and take hold of the new. What a coincidence that was. But for him... It was ultimately a transforming moment. And it was an influential moment in the life of the Christian church. God can prompt us in different ways, therefore, to do things that we wouldn't otherwise do as we're open and listening to him. He can also help us to see things that are happening in life in ways that we wouldn't otherwise do unless we're attentive to the work of the Holy Spirit. I read, uh, I was reading over Christmas from this book, The Untamed Gospel, which I was given by uh, somebody over Christmas that Sean and I have been reading. And uh, Alan, Alan uh, Piercy, Martin Piercy rather, uh, who was the Dean of Christ Church in Oxford, uh, was reflecting on the 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 words "Emmanuel, God is with us. What does that mean for us in our everyday lives? He writes this. My brother-in-law Chaz, who lost his life to cancer at 49, lived with us during the final months of his life. Part of my routine during that time was to take him to the doctors. And also do the weekly run to the pharmacy for the morphine and other drugs. After Charles had passed away, I went back to the pharmacy with a card and some chocolates and a very large quantity of unused drugs that could have sold very well on the black market. The gifts were a simple thank you to Anna and Alison, two pharmacists who had worked so hard on the doset boxes of medication and patiently measured out each day's drugs fiddly, mundane work that requires concentration and precision. But they'd also always done it with such cheerfulness. And on the days I had sometimes taken Chaz with me, they were always so good to him, too. So I plonked my shopping bag of drugs on the counter of the pharmacy, conveyed our thanks for all they had done, and handed over the chocolates. We chatted for a while, and I was about to take my leave when they said, Wait there, please, don't move. Then they came out from behind the counter and warmly embraced me in a tender, deep hug of knowing and consoling. So there the three of us embraced in the middle of the local pharmacy. We must have made quite a sight, a most unusual trinity. And in a real sense, this is what Christmas is. God leaves his station and comes round to our side of the counter. He does not stand apart from us, remaining aloof, as it were, measuring out love and grace behind a distant counter. He enters the world from our side and embraces us here, in our pain and loss. He knows our losses. He consoles us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. The thing that struck me about that was that he was able to see in an ordinary event, a very moving event, something of God's action Something that revealed an extraordinary truth that you can't really get a handle on. That God is with us. You know, he was able to write about that in a way that brings it home to us all. That God comes to where we are and enters our world. Our world, even if it's a world of grief and loss. So God is at work in so many different ways, in different people's lives, revealing himself to others, prompting us to do things that we might think, gosh, how did that ever happen? Why did I do that? And one person here I've asked to uh, to share his experience of something that's been going on in 2017 has experienced something of that in, uh, in, in his life. Alan, would you like to just come forward a minute because as you know, Alan has uh, experienced something of a coming alive in your relationship with God over the, uh, this last year. And uh, so much so that he felt it was right to be baptized uh, by full immersion, if you will remember, and confirmed in November. So Alan, would you just tell us what happened after that and your thinking about? Because you 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 asked me, didn't you, about... Possibility of a retreat.
2: Dear Jess, yes. well, uh, can you hear me all right?
1: We'll just put this pulse uh, to you on now. Yes.
2: Yeah, so um, after I was uh, baptised, uh, um, uh, over a short period of time, I'd had something quite sad happen to me. I lost my um, uh, and around the same time, I'd gone through that as well, which is a very, very great thing, very happy thing. So obviously, you're left with. Um, You want some answers in a sense, because you know, why? You want a why as a why question. And so I I mentioned to you the the thought of going away and uh, you gave me some tips, which were great because they worked out at the time, it was perfect. And I was able to go away for a week. Um, Initially, I suppose there were several reasons. One one was to um, just quieten down the noise, really. You know, because I've got a very busy mind, I've got a very, very busy life. And so obviously, there was a practical element, of just I wanted to get away from that for a little while yeah. but um, uh, and so i did i booked a whole week down in um, sheldon Dartmouth which was which was wonderful i'd highly recommend it to anyone who did get the, the opportunity um, i think when i first thought of going it was to find an answer and uh, but having been there for sort of two or three days it takes a little while to say i got quite busy it took a little while to sort of calm it down a bit um, I realized that it wasn't really an answer I was looking for. And what I was saying was, you need to know what the question is, in a sense, <laughs> yeah. which is a completely different thing. And that's something that you get from experience. And um, it's, it's something that happened, really, I suppose, when it did, when, the, when, the, um, when I was mentioning it to you, actually, when the, uh, all the background noises of ordinary life, in that sense, quieted quiet down, is I, I realized that I didn't need um, to be given any sort of particular fact. Or statistic, or or even in, in thought, it was there, it was already there. I just perhaps wasn't seeing it as much as I, I needed to, you know. And um, um, it is around us all the time. So, shall I? so while yeah. I was thinking about that,
1: yeah, I was just going to say because this is a, a massive step for you, wasn't it, to mm-hmm. go for a week? Mm-hmm. I don't think you have been on retreat before, had you? No, 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 no. no, no. So and I thought I gave him a number of retreat places to like go for a day. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he rings up Sheldon, which is down in Devon, and uh, comes back and says, well, I'm going to go for a week, just." Yes. And I thought, oh, no, this mm-hmm. is going to be terrible. Because to try and do a whole retreat, most of it is silent for a whole week, uh, is a phenomenally stiff challenge, I think. Mm-hmm. But you know, the, the process that that took you through, because yes. you had an openness to God mm-hmm. and a way of, of handling it, which I think was ably, enabling you to sort of, See things and and understand things and listen to God in a way that you hadn't done before Mm -hmm. was was quite amazing. Just tell me a little Mm
2: -hmm. bit about the experience of stillness that you found there. Well, it's it's very helpful to be there and to be still because the the community members are um, they just provide that in a sense. They just they know they provide that sort of environment. But in a sense, it's not something that you actively do. It's it's something that happens as a result of something else. So you can take things away and then you'll find that. um, It's already there, you know, the the stillness is already there, and Mm. it was um, something that I hadn't perhaps recognised before.
1: It's something that, for you particularly, because you're sort of in charge of lots of IT stuff and Mm. mobile phones and all the technology, is is totally your element, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So to be in a place where There wasn't anything
2: of that, because you were asked
1: whether you'd like to have an internet link, and you said no. no.
2: Well, I didn't even (laughs) take a phone, I didn't take a laptop, I didn't take a tablet, I didn't even take my step counter on my wrist, you know, I thought, get away from everything. And when I arrived, um, I was still on the M4 mindset, you know, and I was still worrying about what was in my bags and things like that. And I arrived, and um, a very lovely lady sort of announced myself and said, you know, I'm here for the week. And uh, she was saying, well, we'll get to show you your room. And then she said, well, you want the Wi-Fi password. Because some people do. We've actually got Wi-Fi now. And I said, um, no, actually, that's one of the reasons I'm here. I'm off grid this week. And and I half expected her to say something like, um, oh, yes, isn't it terrible the internet use this day, these days and mobile phones, they, they, they trap our lives and all this intellectual stuff. <laughs> but she didn't. She just stopped and looked right at me and said, well done. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, that's the atmosphere that you're surrounded in, in a place like that, which makes it a lot easier to do, you know.
1: In that time then, obviously there was plenty of looking at the scriptures and Mm. trying to listen to what God was saying through Mm. it all, all make sense of the huge trauma of your bereavement and the the movement in your own faith journey as well. Mm. But something that you told me about, which was quite, uh, I think, quite a unexpected thing that happened was your insight about parables yes tell us a little bit about that
2: well i mean we all know parables i suppose don't we in in the sense that yes you um there there is a story and from that story there's an allegory that it may it may point to something else but that's that's the intellectual understanding of it i suppose for me personally speaking then i realized that there was a whole other layer behind that in a sense which i suppose some people lots of people here will already know but for me it was something of a, a, of a, a blessing really yeah. to see that as yeah. so i was trying I, and you'd, i got this because joe had said to me make sure you write it down make sure you take a journal and hadn't <coughs> really occurred to me you know and then my wife said as well you should really do that so i was writing a lot of stuff and uh, and you can see actually from the beginning it's much more uh, discursive, and at the end it's it's much stiller, kind of yeah. understanding writing. Yeah. Yeah. So I was trying to express the the strong feeling that I had that was, um, it's there if you see it, you know. It says um, again, sorry. It's there if you see it. It's there. It's if you not see a question it. that okay. it's not talking, or that God isn't talking to us at all. It's a question, yeah. you know, we're not listening all the time. And, uh, and in still moments like that, that becomes uh, very, very obvious. Yeah. So I was trying to find a way of expressing that. And um, so uh, I did it, shall I? Yeah. So I wrote a very tiny little story because I realised actually at that point that um, you can't really express that outside of parable. You can't really express parable outside of parable, that's the point, because you've, kind of <laughs> broken, you've broken it at that point. So okay. here's a tiny little thing that I wrote, which I've I will share, which which to me was um, right in the middle of where I was for that week. So, can I uh, just check if people can hear okay at the back? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And it's just a it's tiny little thing, but that's the whole point, and it just expresses something. So yeah. it says, There was once a father who loved his children, and um, one day his children were taken away and imprisoned, and uh, the father wanted to get a message to the children to tell them they loved them and missed them terribly. And so the jailer said, well, give me the message and I'll pass it to your children. Um, But whenever the father did this, the jailer would rewrite the words and remove all the love from the message. And so the father instead went to see the local printer and asked him to put the message into the newspaper. But he asked him to do it in a way that the jailer wouldn't notice, but the children might notice. So when the children read the paper, uh, some of them saw the news, uh, while others felt the love of their father. You see, so that, that to me yeah. is really moving. When yeah. I wrote that. yeah. Oh,
1: and it's, it's a real gift, isn't it, that mm. you've received from the Lord. It came about because of your desire to find a place of stillness, mm. to create time and space for you to be with God. Mm. And without any sense of what it might be like, mm. God broke, has broken in and taken you into places that you wouldn't otherwise be mm. able to go. And I think that's the crucial thing about hearing the Lord and listening to God, that we enable, you know, it's, it's there already, but we just need to hear it and see it. And that, I think, is the big challenge for us all as we go forward. I think so. They used Thank to have expressions to say, choose to be chosen, didn't they, in the past? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Alan. Thank you very much indeed. Let's give one very big clap. So just to draw things together, I think that illustrates the way in which God will speak to us. In fact, not just speak to us, the fact that God is speaking continually in his world. And through his word, by his spirit, he enables us to tune into that and to see the truths that he's wanting us to pick up on. If we have eyes to see, and we're seeking to understand more of who God is and what his purposes are for our lives. As a church, I am sensing that God is calling us to go deeper with him through his word. Not that we might learn the Bible better, not that we might read the Bible more. In a recent survey among Christians, uh, it was found that 55% of Christians in this country uh, don't even read the Bible at all. Um, the fact is that reading the Bible is a great thing to do, and we have the Bible Challenge, the 2018 Bible Challenge that you see referred in your um, Christchurch Life that Peter Misselbrook has put together, that the Comms team have put online, where we can put uh, we can look every single day at a passage from Scripture that Peter's. Uh, done some commentary on and a short prayer it 's a beautiful piece of writing. We go through the whole of the New Testament day by day and complete reading the New Testament in a year. That is described in Christ Church life as the the great Bible reading challenge but i, I don 't think that 's much of a challenge myself. Anybody could spend five minutes a day you know on a lunch break or just popping into you know, before you have breakfast, or whilst you're having breakfast, reading the Bible study thing, and, you know, you've done it then, ticked it off, great. That's not a big deal, is it? A big challenge for me is whether we can be in a place where we can hear what God is saying through those words. Now, that's the challenge. Being open to the revelation of God through his word and being open to his spirit in life sensing what God is showing us, is revealing to us as he did with Simeon and Anna about Jesus, about the salvation that he has for us. Being alive to God to the world that he has entered by and through the person of Jesus. and Praying that we might have ears to hear and eyes to see God's presence in everyday life. That's, for me, the big challenge of 2018. And I want to commit myself to it. And I pray that we as a church might do that in all seriousness with a great sense of expectancy. Because, wow, when God speaks and we hear transformation happens. Let's pray. Lord, you are a God who speaks and who makes it possible for us to know the things that life consists of that are whole and good. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would so excite us about what you have for us in this new year that you would reveal to us the good things that you've prepared and the ways that you have prepared for us to walk in, that we might with joy follow the footsteps of the saints and find in you the richness of life that you offer to us in Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen.